Let's do this. Let's welcome James Levesque this morning. Love me. Can we give a hand for your pastor? And come on. Andy, the whole team, what a blessed place this is. And cool. I mean, let me just tell you what basically it's Jesus to make this place sound so good. Can I tell you? And a couple other people in this room, but man. Wasn't that an awesome worship time? Wow. Are you well today? How many listen to podcasts? Ten of you, really, out of this whole young bunch? Ten of you listen to podcasts? I want to uh, just, it's free. I, I In August, I started doing a podcast. Um, I realized that not a lot of people did devotionals. Years ago, older people would like, you know, these guys would write books like My Utmost for His Highest or something like that. And I realized not a lot of people did, like, devotions, basically a few minutes every single day, giving time to the Lord, focusing, kind of adjusting your day. A lot of times people do it in the morning. And what I did is I wanted to launch uh, a podcast, 15-minute thought every day, brief scripture, brief thought, and I called it Engaging Heaven Today. And I launched it in August, and, I mean, within a month, we had, like, 30,000 downloads. The thing went around the world, uh, I'm literally one of the finalists to speak at this massive podcast movement thing in Philadelphia. It's not a Christian event, but uh, it was really the Lord that did it. But anyway, what I've done in the back is I just have these at one of these welcome center tables. They're free. Just grab one. I want to encourage you to check it out. It's on every platform you can imagine. But uh, it's every single day. Look, it makes a difference to start your day off focused. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to pick that up. I want to share for a few minutes this morning. And I really think, obviously, the Lord is speaking. So many, I mean, you don't realize how many people around these scenes hear from God. And it's vital today that with all the confusion on this earth that we do hear from God. And this morning when I woke up, the Lord said uh, that the tension and the pressure that you feel. Here's the thought I had, because God can speak in many different ways. That the tension and pressure that you feel is really you birthing God's promises in your life. And, you know, a lot of times, and, and, and I really believe it was the Lord that they were, they shared that powerful story because I want to talk about birthing. You may be too young to birth. Maybe some of y'all so old you can't birth. But at the end of the day, we all understand the process of being birthed. Things in our lives, God will give us seeds of greatness, promises, whatever it is he's called you to. You know, we talk about this abundant life. That's the life God wants you to live. But there's a process many times of you birthing. It's not God's side that we're concerned about. A lot of times it's us in the process of getting it done. Are you with me? There's a term they said, I couldn't even believe this week came out. It's, it was called a quarter life crisis. People have like midlife crisis. We get it. Old folks get confused. I'm all with it. But quarter life crisis. That means about 25 to 30 people's whole worlds are melting down. And tension isn't always bad, right? We've just become a, a society many times that we resist pressure. Hey, why is it hard? Something has to be wrong. Well, is it? Or many times is it God just helping us birth a process? My wife was from Canada, from Canadian. My wife is a Canadian from Vancouver. And, uh, you know, so she had this crazy idea with our last child there's this kind of creative girl in the church named Courtney. And my wife's like, well, I want her to take pictures. And so I can have that moment. And I'm like, okay, this is a little awkward, but let's do it. So Courtney comes to take photos. And my wife is giving 
giving. I mean, she, you know, look, I got girls in the church, older ladies. They birthed six kids. It didn't even, I mean, there was no epidural. Do you understand? These girls be eating Tic Tacs, just popping out kids. And by the sixth and seventh, it's just like, you know what I mean? It's like they're passing gas. I mean, this isn't even that difficult anymore. But these young girls today, they're like, oh, I'm going to try so hard not to use any pain. And then by like, now I knew a girl that by the second time, as she checked in, she was like, just go ahead and shoot me in the spine. I mean, I don't even want to get in the room. So my wife is like, I'm really going to do it. And she's trying to psych herself up. And we get in. And so like, look, you can birth with drugs and it's like a little bit crazy. And then if you you try without it's embarrassing to this side. I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm not in that zone. It's a little, and now I got somebody in the room. Like I could deal with just her being crazy. And my wife's not that expressive, right? She's kind of Canadian put together. To, so, and Courtney's from Canada. So I'm dealing with two people that are overly apologetic, right? It's always, well, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, 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 you, no, you. And it's just like this never ending. Who's going to be nicer? I mean, it just gets under my skin, right? So my wife is like trying her hardest and she'll have a contraction and, and barely yell. And then she's apologizing to Courtney for like, like yelling, barely. Courtney takes me in the corner and goes, uh, I'm kind of feeling horrible about myself because you don't want to know my birth. I was hitting my husband and I mean, I'm sure some demons were coming out of me, but your wife is just perfect now. But the truth is birthing is crazy. There's pain. You don't understand it, but something beautiful always comes from it. And when we birth season of our lives, we don't understand, right? Sometimes there's confusion, but God has a promise through your life that needs to come forth. You were created in this earth for a purpose. There's a reason that you're alive and it's not just to, you know, get born, go through this whole life of working. And then somehow you get buried and people are like, wow, that was great. Like there's a bigger purpose for your life, right? It's spiritual. There's something that God has assigned you to do on this earth greater than just work and just come to church. Although that's phenomenal, but that, that can't be the only box we check in, in this relationship. There's something greater that he's called you to. And I want to just briefly look at three births this morning, three of them. And, and, and I believe there's something in each of these births that we're going to get today that's going to help us on this process of birthing, right? I'm going to try to spare you from a quarter life crisis or some of y'all from a retirement crisis, whatever's happening in your life, God is going to speak to us. So for, turn with me to Genesis 18. I want to share with you the first lady we're going to look at. And obviously it's three ladies here. I'm sure if I shared a man that was birthing, it'd be a bigger issue. But Genesis chapter 18, and we're going to read about Sarah. In verse 19... So Genesis 18, here's Sarah. Uh, she's older in age. She can't birth. Verse 9 says, um, so they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife is going to have a son. Well, Sarah was listening to the tent next door, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah began to laugh within herself and said, I have already grown old. How am I going to have the pleasure, Lord, uh, being also old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? 
So this is kind of an awkward three-way conversation going on here. At the appointed time, I'll return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. And then Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh because she was afraid. And God said, no, but you did. Look, this whole thing is, are we 12? What is happening right now? The Lord's like three-way arguing with Sarah, going to her husband, going, no, she was just laughing. And then he's like, yeah, you did. She's like, no, I'm not. She's like, yes, you did. Bizarro, dude. It's like we're 13 at the park. Turn me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Hebrews 11, 11 says this. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child. And when she was past the childbearing age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Wait, is this the same story? We deal with crazy Sarah laughing in God's face. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And now she's like this mighty woman of faith. Well, what is it? It it depends on what chapter of the life you stop in somebody's life. We can't judge people at their weakest moment. We can't judge them by just one manifestation of a frustrated time. The story's not written. Are you with me? Look, the story's not written in your life right now. So depending on when somebody catches you, we're all going to have confusing moments. And here's what really touched my, my, my heart in this, in the scripture here, Hebrews 11, 11, uh, I was reading the, the, the new American standard version and it said this, it says that Sarah, it says when she had considered him faithful, she conceived a seed. Isn't that amazing? When she considered him faithful, she conceived. I'm going to tell you. What key I believe we need to learn from this birth is that we've got to consider him faithful. That there's times in your life, look, we want the answers to everything. We want it to make sense. We want it to kind of, you know, play in our minds and we can tend to overthink it. But the truth is, it's about him, not us. When we consider God faithful, we reflect on him. Something changes in us. When we consider him good, you know, look, there's times in my life you may not have the answer. You may not sure how it's going to all work out. Hence, that's where faith's involved, right? If we could figure this whole thing out, we wouldn't need God. And the truth is, if, 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 if we were just robots to do everything he said we could do, that makes no sense, man. I was just in Casablanca, uh, Morocco. I'm standing in, uh, I'm standing in the second largest mosque in the planet, right? Three billion U.S. dollars. And you're sitting in this thing and you're, I mean, it might as well be a library to me. There wasn't a whole lot of life in there. Three billion dollars and 120,000 people come pray there. But the more you delve into religion and that it's really dead, there's no relationship required. Everything is just do this, do this, do. Look, we're not robots. We're not here just, okay, tell me what to do. And I know you don't even like me and I'm just doing. That's not even how Christianity is. The whole point of the relationship with God is that it's a two-way, it's an interacting relationship. It's ever-growing on our end. It's ever-increasing. We've never figured this thing out. We're pursuing, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, now that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hebrews 12. We're, we're, we're always receiving. We've never, it's never going to stop. And I really believe that some of us, when you feel that pressure and you don't understand and your answers aren't enough, you know what we've got to do? We've got to consider him faithful. We just got to turn it off of our misunderstanding and we just have to trust beyond our level of comprehension. 
We just say, God, I want to consider you faithful. I know that you're true. I know that you have your best interest in mind for me. And I'm going to trust that process. So the first thing we understand with Sarah is she considered God faithful. See, the power is not in our efforts. It's in his word. It's not in our abilities because he gives the word and, and it's our job just to consider him faithful. He gives us the seed. He gives us the promise. But the lie is to fall into the trap that you've got to make something happen. It's not true. He's already spoken the word over you. This Bible, this 66 books, they call it the original canon. Look, lives were killed for this. You realize this? Because in, 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 the, in the Bible days, everybody had a gospel. All of you in this room would have a gospel according to who you are. Here's the problem. Not of none, not all y'all journals line up with the purpose. You understand? Some of y'all got some crazy moments up in here that I don't think future generations need to read. So look, they killed each other over it. Legit. They fought. They had wars. This isn't in. That's not in. That There's nothing about this that makes sense. This is right. This is right. And then they pulled these 66 books together because they believed that these books reflect God's nature and his heart and they wouldn't bring so much confusion on your bad day. So look, we need to stick to this and we need to find the promises in here and know what he said over us and what and what his word means in those things we've got to consider faithful. He's not going to let you down. He's always faithful to finish what he started in your life. And he gives the word. Sarah was over age. And now the next lady we're going to look at is Hannah. In, in, the, in the book of 1 Samuel, Hannah was underage. And in 1 Samuel, the Bible says that Hannah was underage and she had a void in her life. She was believing God to conceive a child. And Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 15, she was so distraught. She was so distraught that in verse 13, it says, Hannah spoke in her heart, her lips moved, her voice was not even heard. They thought she was nuts. Eli, the priest, comes back and thought she was drunk. That's what the scripture says. In verse 14, so Eli said to her, how long are you going to be drunk? Why don't you put that wine away? What? <laughs> Hannah said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I've poured out my soul before God. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. I fry the abundance of my complaining and grief. I've spoken until now. Eli said, go in peace. And the God of Israel would grant your petition. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and her face was no longer sad. And then she conceived and she bore a son and named him Samuel. Here's the thing about it. This is crazy. There was a, this scripture says that Hannah had bitterness of soul. You would think that that's a sin term because of the word bitterness, but it wasn't. It was actually the trigger point for the birth, for a conception that God had for her. So if Sarah, uh, if she considered God faithful, Hannah cried. I'm going to tell you something. God cares about your feelings. There's something about your vulnerability and you being honest to God that will cause him to, to fill you with promise. To, to I mean, fulfill that purpose in your life. We can't, look, we can't receive from God or, or do anything that he's calling us to do if we're not honest. He cares about your feelings. He cares about your feelings. The, the, the challenge is, look, 
Doubting Thomas is, is ridiculous. They actually put the word doubting in front of his name, right? We write that dude off. How are you questioning God? Da, da, da. But the truth is, he allowed his questions to touch God in areas nobody else did. See, when you question God from a place of, of, of faith, like I, I love you, but I just don't understand, that leads to, to life. That leads to answers. When you ask questions from a place of malice and distrust, almost like God's on trial, you're not going to get free that way. More confusion sets in. I have people all the time. I preach a radical message. I have people all the time. They just don't understand. They have questions. Look, I'd rather you cry your soul out to God. Share your heart with me. I just don't understand this. I'm a little confused by this process. I don't know. And come in an area of safety where God can touch you. Are you honest with him? Do you share, do you cry your soul out to God? Do you say, look, I didn't understand this. This frustrated me. Look, there's times in your life, there are times in my life that I didn't uh, see what I thought I was believing for. And I said, man, it just felt like I was let down. It wasn't a lack of faith for me to say that to God. I was being honest with him. I trust you. I love you. I believe everything you've ever spoken. But guess what? I felt like I just got a nothing burger on this, man. I gave, I gave everything I had believing for this and it just dropped in front of me and I don't understand. That's okay. That's where trust comes in. You want to know what faith is? Faith is not what you think it is. Faith is trust. That's it. That's all faith is. It's not this weird subject that people abuse you with. Faith, all faith is, is trust. But it's going to hurt. And it's going to require us at times in our life to go, I don't get it. See, religion wants you to figure it all out, right? Oh, I can do it. I can control God. Yep, he's here. He's here. Don't you do this. Do that. That's, that's your defenses because you don't understand. But when you have real faith, it's just absolute trust. And there are many times in your life you're going to have to trust something that you don't fully get. And that's a moving target. I don't, fit, I don't know. I don't have it all figured out. I see great things. I see God do things around this world. I wouldn't even, I mean, blow your head. I mean, honestly, crazy stuff I've seen God do. Miracles. But I've seen a lot of things I was believing for not happen. But it doesn't change my view. He's not on trial to me. He doesn't owe me anything. I want to learn how to grow more. When things don't work out in my life and I get disappointed, I just want to understand. When I'm seeing people touched and healed all around the world and my son is born deaf legit, I don't have answers for that, friends. But you know what it does? It caused me to go back to him and say, I just don't get it, man, but I trust you. I don't get this whole thing. Why would that even happen? But I trust you. Look, no one's getting a free run up the side. This isn't heaven to us. Stop trying to make it be your perfect place. It's not. That's why we're going to heaven one day. This place is falling at best. I mean, come on, man. I love life. I love my life. I love friendships. I love everything that life brings, but I'm not expecting heaven out of this thing. I don't want to, I don't want to avoid myself a hardship. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be there. And so look, if if Sarah considered him faithful and Hannah was honest and cried out to God, I want to do the same thing. And I want to encourage you to do, God's not shocked by your emotions. You're not, you're not a bad person if you say, God, I just don't get it. That's probably what will start the conversation for healing, right? But it's when we serve the dead religion that wants to just act like there's all these obsoletes. Dude, it's God. There ain't no obsolete. It's ever-changing. It's learning. It's when we get stuck in these mindsets, in these molds, and we just can't even be free anymore. Or we can't write God off either. 
Just because there are things you've learned in your early walk with God and you just don't want anything to do with it because of what comes along with it, don't don't cut them off either. There's principles and truths that you were that were maybe established in you that are vital. It don't mean you gotta buy the whole package. Do you understand? Look, I think hearing from God and prophecy is one of the most vital things we can have in our life. Are you kidding me? To hear God's voice is essential in this Christian walk, especially with all the crazy day we live in. But it doesn't mean that all the flakiness that came with hearing God is God. Does that make sense? I don't write off prophecy because it's whacked out half of it, most of it. No, but I'm serious. Like, I don't write off God's voice. Come on, man. Just because you're a little weird. I still want to hear God. I do. I want him to speak to me privately. I want that still small voice. I want to learn how to navigate life by his word. I'm not against those things. I'm against some of the weird stuff, especially these. I mean, come on. But you don't write it off. People are. Do I think that angels are real? I really do. I promise you, I don't see them every day. And all these people that claim to that, I don't feel anything when they talk. They're weird to me. But look, I don't write it off. That doesn't mean angels aren't a real thing. You don't want to write him off because of people's bad representation. And there's times I got to go to God and go, bro, I don't give it. Like, I know you created this wacko. Dude, I don't get that creature. Do you know what I'm saying? And we may not all understand. My son is into like, uh, he, he was going to bed the other night at the hotel here and he put on like an animal show. And, and, you know, my son's five, but it was like, it was like, you know, the, the whatever, like the, the tiger just ate the zebra. And I'm like, Isaac, are you okay watching this? And he's like, oh, I love it. And he's like chewing out the flesh. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I hope I don't give the kid nightmares, you know? So he woke up the next morning. He's like, Daddy, I want to watch more animal stuff. I'm like, sure you do, son. So here I'm putting up Netflix trying to find an animal show by BBC. And, and there's we found some other African village. I mean, some of these creatures, you wouldn't even know what they were. I know God created them. I'm not sure we were ever meant to look at these things. Friends, I was horrified. I was like, this can't even, kids can't see this animal. I mean, some of the most angry looking, whacked out, bug eyed, snaggle tooth. I'm like, this should even be allowed for kids to see this animal. And my son's like, yeah, daddy, it's a calculi. I'm like, yeah, hon, you'll never learn about this anywhere. Put the TV away. Look, there's some calculis running around Charlotte. Can I tell you right now? Some whacked out individuals. I can't deny your existence, but. I don't have to look at you all the time. There are things you're not going to understand. And you just got to be at peace with it. And know that God's in, so, in, in control. Hannah looked drunk for a season. But she was actually where God wanted her to be. Pouring out her soul because she didn't understand. And I think that's the place of healing. Because so many people get hurt. And they just allow the scab to come towards God. And they never pursue freedom. Right? You talk to them years down the road, they're still bitter. They're still angry. They're still hurt. That's not a way to live. Let it out. Cry. Sometimes people go through horrific things. And my wife will say to these people, you got to cry. Let it out because you'll feel better. And they do. The last one we want to look at is Mary. Luke chapter 1. We know Mary. Luke chapter 1. You know Mary, verse 28, says this. It says, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. 
couple things here. Do you realize that this is Mary, Jesus's mom? Do you realize that before this point, she was called Mary, the woman with the illegitimate child? That was her name. They didn't understand, right? This is Mary trying to, like, how do you explain to a woman you're birthing Jesus? I mean, nobody can comprehend that. So she's a little frustrated. She doesn't understand, right? Everybody on earth is telling her, you're the woman with the illegitimate child. But here's the crazy part. An angel comes to her and goes, hey, Mary, uh, you're highly favored of the Lord, and you're a special person. Uh, Okay, I don't feel that special right now because everybody's coming against me. Look, I'm telling you that there, it is possible for you and many times in your life, you're going to have favor with God. You always will. And you might not be that favorable down here because you're in the process. You're in the process of, look, when relationships change, values change. When values change, relationships change. Just because you're in a different season and new people are in your life doesn't mean God's forgotten you. Many times it means he is for you. <laughs> it just hadn't caught up with earth yet. And the Bible says Mary was frustrated. And when she saw him, verse 29, she was troubled and considered what manner of greeting this even was. Then the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and we will call him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And by his kingdom, there will be no end. Okay, that sounds great. Mary's still confused. So Mary goes, well, how could this be since I don't even have a man? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who is born to be called Son of God. Okay, that wasn't enough of an answer for me. He didn't answer my question. I don't have a man. How am I having a baby? Oh, the Lord will overshadow you. Uh, Okay, yep. I still want to know how this is going to happen. And she's in a place where she's called to greatness. It's a conflict of being called. She's called to greatness. An angel is saying, God is with you. You're going to do great things. And she's like, well, I don't, I feel the exact opposite of what you're saying right now. And I don't even see it in the natural plan here. Oh, don't worry. God's going to overshadow you. She didn't understand. He says, oh, with God, nothing will be impossible. Mary still didn't understand. And in verse 38, she said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. And here's what it was. She said, let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed. You know what's amazing about this? Well, I mean, we're all birthing something. None of you are birthing Jesus. Can I tell you, your birth ain't that important. Like she had the greatest birth to ever live on the face of the planet. And she didn't understand. And she was confused And she's like, dude, even this angelic visitation is not getting this done for me. Like, I still don't get it. And he's telling her nothing's impossible. And she says, Lord, she said, let just be it unto me according. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But let it be done. And so Sarah considered God faithful. Hannah cried. And here's a word we don't like. Mary surrendered so hard for us, man. Right. It's what the process is so difficult for us. I kind of like this, like old soul, because I've been in ministry so long. And a lot of my closest friends are like these fathers of Christianity. And I kind of get it, you know, and on one hand, it's like older people are kind of weird, man. You know, I mean, some of them, it's like, 
They retire. They still don't do anything for God. They're very stubborn. They're very paranoid. You know, well, when I retire, I'm going to do stuff for God. And then they get an ARP card and a bad hip. You know what I mean? And they still don't do anything for God. But you know what a lot of those old people are? They're faithful. They understand that this is a process. It takes time. That in life, you're going to have ups and downs. You know what you're, the young generation has a hard time with? Process. Why is it not happening this fast? How come my career isn't developed already? Well, how come this isn't going on? You have a hard time with process. I got a church full of both. I got old people I got to get kicked to get up and go, but they're faithful. I don't need to teach them about giving. I don't have to tell them anything. They know they're faithful people. The young people, every other month, it's another crisis. Well, how come? Well, how come it's taking so long? When is the time? I just don't get it. It's like, bro, you've been saved two hours. Like you still smell like hell. You know what I'm saying? And, and you, you want to go change the world? What's wrong with you, man? This look, this journey of life is not instant, right? I could get any television show I want on the on, like like this. Doesn't if I'm flying on a plane and all of our Netflix download screens are max and my wife's watching some show, she could buy it instantly. It's on her phone. We can order coffee anywhere we want. We, you know, our, we access things so fast. But there's a challenge when we want it that fast from God. And he's like, no, dude, it's a process. No, no, I want it. You don't understand. No, no I get it. But I'm not Starbucks. I'm not Hex. Come on, somebody. That's some good coffee up in here. Oh, I need. Oh, I'm about to get one right now. He's not Hex. You're not getting. Although they, they do things long, too, but it's worth it. I'm like, baby, you paid for Hex 10 minutes ago. What are you waiting for them to do? We're, I swear you're going to, by the end of this, lattes are going to be one bean at a time. Do you know what I mean? Trying to get a cup. It's like, seriously? But you know something? It's not, heaven doesn't work like that. And I don't, I don't get it. You don't get it. But it's a process we have to be committed to. So the truth is, I want to pray for you in a moment. Because you're birthing something. But to do these things, we're going to have to consider him faithful, whether we feel it or not, like Sarah. We're going to have to cry out, just cry. We're going to have to let it out and be honest to God like Hannah was. And like Mary, we're going to just have to surrender to this thing. I don't understand it, God, but let it be unto me according to your will. I don't get it. I know something great's going to be birthed. Just let it be done. And when we can give up that kind of control and we can let, yes, you matter. But when we can put our faith and trust in who we know is real, when Jesus is that real to us, then we can be in a place of birthing what he's called us to do. And all these little owies and all these little frustrations, they all kind of fall in place when you put them first. So let's pray this morning. I'm going to believe God that these processes will be fulfilled in your life today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. And I just thank you. God, today we consider you faithful. God, we thank you, God, that you have our best interests in mind in every single one of us. You are orchestrating our lives. Father, today we cry out to you. We're honest. We don't always understand. There's some things that we have a hard time with, but we know you're faithful. And God, today we make a decision to surrender. God, we make a decision that you can have your way in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, were you blessed today? Amen. Bless you. Love you, man. Let me ask this question. Who, who here was that message for? Why don't you stand up? Amen. We need to acknowledge 
Lord. See, I believe the Holy Ghost will just sort of, if we, we don't give him enough time to do some things sometimes. So let's just, let's just wait a second. I like what Mary said. Be it unto me. Let's say that together. Be it unto me according to your word. According to your word. That's affirming the promise. Let's say that again. Be it unto me according to your word. The word highly favored in Luke 2 only shows up one other place in the New Testament. And it's in the first chapter of Ephesians where it says... um, I can't quote it. It doesn't say highly favored, but it's the exact words translated differently, and it's for a person who believes in Jesus. So there are two highly favored people in the world Mary and every believer. Highly favored. I'll find that for you sometime. Okay. Why don't you grab a seat one moment here? And I did not alert the ushers, but. Um, we're going to receive an offering for James. And uh, if you guys will grab the buckets and some envelopes. And um, thank you so much, James and Deb, for coming. That was great. You can also give by text. Uh, once again, you s- send QCC giving to 77977. Can you throw that back up there a second if we have it? So you send QCC giving to 77977. You follow the prompts. And then at the funds selection, you select uh, guest speaker. If you'd like to text to give to James, you choose guest speaker instead of tithes and offerings. If you have, need an envelope, if you raise your hand, we'll be glad to give you an envelope. couple people in the back, not too many. Tell you what we'll do. We'll put these buckets um, in the back on the table there near Christopher, and you can go ahead and put the mark them for James. Mark Mark your envelope for James. Also, we do have prayer teams today. If you need prayer, if you'll come up and wait right over here on this side of the auditorium, we'll be glad to have people minister to you. And, um, God, what a great day. The Lord is good. Everybody all right? Turn to somebody and say something really sweet to them, even if you don't mean it. Have faith. It's really something really nice. Andy, you're texting. Turn to someone. Oh, you're giving. Yeah. If you have to choose between text, giving, and being nice, give first. Be nice later. I'm going to wait for the text to give crowd to stop. Then I'm going to say something else clever. Let me know when you're through, Andy. And everybody okay? Now, turn to the other person and say something full of faith. Give them a promise. Ask God for a specific, really powerful promise and
put it to them. Now, to do that, your lips have to move. That's what happens when words come out of your mouth. Your lips move and syllables are formed. And if you can't do anything better, say, God loves you and it's going to be awesome. Let's say that together. God loves you and it's going to be awesome. Loves you. Uh, who has, who's, who's here struggles with laryngitis? Anybody here struggle with laryngitis? Wave at me. Come on, I know you're here. Don't be shy. Stand up. Stand up if you struggle with laryngitis. Yeah, I'm just getting a couple little things here. So, um, what Lyme's disease? Has anybody here had some of that? Lyme's disease. Look at that. I think the Lord's going to heal these people. Stand up back up, dear. You're not healed yet. I haven't prayed. Come on. <laughs> For goodness sake. Some things take time. This is a process. Were you listening? Nah, specifically. Anybody else that wants to get healed, just go ahead and stand up too. A friend of mine was telling me, do you know the pillars? There were two major, in the temple in Jerusalem, there were two major pillars that stood in the front porch portico. You know what the problem with those pillars were? They never reached the building. They weren't holding up anything. What does that mean? It means you ain't holding up nothing. You don't have to. He's holding up something. You don't get yourself healed. You don't hold your mouth right. Figure it out right. Say the right. Libo kanamachi puhus. No. I'm going to pray, and we're going to believe for healing, okay? I don't know how to do this, and I've been doing it for years. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree with you, and we stand together for each of these people. We release healing in your name. We're so grateful that you bore stripes for us, that you bore sin for us, that you forgive us our sins, you forget about it, and then you release the power of the healing you provided. So we release that now in Jesus' name. Let it come right now in the name of Jesus. Let that, I'm going to do this. I rebuke spirits of infirmity in Jesus' name. No, 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 no. Particularly arthritis in the hands. Who is that with arthritis in your hands? We just release you from that in Jesus' name. We release you from arthritis in your hands in Jesus' name. Okay, all right. God bless you folks. Have a great week. If you want prayer, come on up.